three, two, and one. Everybody, welcome to Ride Dogs Invisible Spectacle. We are returning with RIS number six uh, sooner than we expected to, but a lot's happened this week. And uh, I have a very exciting program lined up for all of you. So stay tuned to listen to all of it. We are probably gonna, it's, it's gonna be so extensive this time that we're gonna probably divide it up into two parts um, just because uh, there is the uh, political side to, to this episode, as well as uh, more stuff that I personally find fulfillment, find enjoyment out of um, in my own spare time that I want to share with all of you. But we're um, they're two completely separate things, so they are going to have like their own respective episodes or their own respective parts. Um, I have a great guest on today. Hi, I'm Marley. I'm Ryan's friend. Marley, we've known each other since uh, high school. Since the first day of high school, yes. Yeah, and she she ditched me at Sadie's. I'm just kidding. No. That's <laughs> not true. Okay. Oh, just kidding. No, I, I, I ditched her. Um, he did ditch me. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, why do you have to bring that up? I was going to say I'm just with this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, so a lot, a lot of interesting stuff lined up for this one, right? Uh, we are going to be... Um, First of all, uh, this is going to be a full RIS uh, episode, like I said, but if you haven't already, please follow the podcast at RIS is number one on Twitter. Um, you can also spread the word by doing a hashtag RIS rules. Um, and so uh, there's uh, there's uh, pl- plenty to get into with, with this episode. So let's, let's uh, delve into it, shall we? We shall. <laughs> So, um, Marley, in in light of everything that happened on Wednesday, um, I actually brought you here onto the podcast for a very specific reason. Um, back in June, uh, when we were hanging out, we had very thoughtful discussions on BLM, the protests, and and you actually brought uh, a lot of um, you know perspective and, into what I was originally thinking about the issue. Like I, I was probably not as grounded as I should have been on on that and um and after kind of like talking uh, about it with you thoroughly like i i i just always kind of respected your your thoughts and and opinions um on these types of issues so um that's that's primarily why i i have you on for this one oh yeah i appreciate that and i'm really happy to know that our conversation had a lasting impact and a lasting positive impact on you yeah yeah i've, I've changed my ways <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've become better okay uh and you've done an extensive amount of research for this you've looked at um quite a bit of articles and and listened to podcasts and, and news news sources so i'm excited to, to see what you have uh in store for our audience and uh it's just going to be really exciting through all throughout um and just to kind of give an idea to everybody listening right now, I am going to, I, I have some bookmark tweets that I've collected since Wednesday and Wednesday, ever since the fallout, um, I have everything ranging from parkour to thought pieces to, um, you know, uh, small tweets, small, small articles um, and, and opinions from a Republican as well as Democrat, re- Democratic representatives. So I can't wait to get into it with all of you especially with marley she's good she's got some some she's got a great head on on her shoulder don't <laughs> uh, flatter me yeah i know <laughs> uh and oh it, 
I, I also want to mention this for my audience. You're uh, a graduate at the uh, at Lewis and Clark College in at the at the state of Oregon. Yes, that's correct. Uh, yeah, so uh, that that's great. Um, and uh, you're you're a biology major. I did. I majored in biology. Okay. I always like listing my my guest credentials on the <laughs> show, so uh, that's that's good. It's, good. I, it's just good for them to know. But yeah, uh, so. With regard to everything, I just want to get your initial perspective. I, I kind of want us to touch, to scratch the surface of this issue just a little bit and, and get to know your thought process a little bit and, and invite us in to what Marley is, is thinking. So, go, go. I mean, if you could, uh, please, please share that. Well, sure. Um, you know, this, what happened on Wednesday, this coup was completely expected, as I'm sure everyone knows trump has been tweeting about some kind of insurrection for a while i love the comparison of him to this like narcissistic ex who does not know how to let something go um i was very surprised at how large and how extreme the event turned out to be on wednesday Mm -hmm. and to be quite frank, I didn't know a lot about, I hadn't been following this news cycle very closely until a couple of days ago. And by that point, this was already all over the news. So I've been very curious about you know, what might have been behind some of these supporters' intentions and what everyone's feeling. Right. Um, yeah, there's a... It was really extreme, and and you were telling me uh, a little bit of of how you um of how you you saw the story unravel, and I I want you to, to tell the audience about that uh, um that side of, of how you were initially experiencing it at the beginning, right? Because you uh, you were in the supermarket, and and as you were describing to me, you 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 didn't initially think that it was that it was a Trump coup, yeah, right? a Trump correct. supporter coup. That's correct. I you know, had been following this news cycle very closely. So when I very first saw the crowds outside of the Capitol, I initially thought that this was a general anti-government, we're mad at the senators, we're mad at the Congress kind of um, demonstration. And of course I saw Trump flags and I'm sure he was at the center of all of this. But um, I heard people talking about it all day and I initially thought that it was people who would unhappy that people were demonstrating against the government and i thought that this was probably a lot of trump's doing a couple weeks ago he tried getting a two thousand dollar stimulus check for the american people something that was not new something that he did not initially introduce and i think that the way the news cycle covered it it seemed as if trump was the only person i'm losing air quotes who was fighting for americans to get this money and it yeah i think he wanted it to play out as if it was him against congress and i had thought that people were really angry about that and were demonstrating against congress but i later learned that um this really was just a continuation of trump's rally that he had held and it was simply a stop the steal demonstration right that that's interesting i mean <laughs> this is i think it's a good segue into to what i want to get into with my tweets um and, and the ones that i found but i i want to go ahead and get your reaction i'm pretty sure you've seen some of them already uh but i i want to go ahead and and show you some things so um 
I, I guess the the first one, I, I well, we could we could sort of start this off with uh, uh, um, a, on a lighter note than it has to be because I think with when discussing American politics uh, in general, uh, especially what we're going to be delving into later this episode, it's very depressing and uh, there's just a lot to reflect on, but in terms of the madness it's inherently funny so um not anybody getting hurt we don't we don't like officers getting hurt or, or mauled by by protesters but uh yeah, you could laugh at that it's okay, okay. You're, okay. You're, you're, really away, funny. You're, sh- you're shying away from a laugh there <laughs> um yeah so me. let me let me go ahead and show you this this first one um it's uh it's a, of a guy parkouring on uh uh, oh my lord yeah on the senate floor i believe but but he's 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 dangling from Balcony. from the from the upper level of that whole area so uh, <laughs> yeah um and then there there was there was a couple <laughs> there was a couple more uh, we have uh we have this guy uh standing uh as I, I'm not sure where this is exactly, but I, I think this is the, the the vice president's chair on the Senate floor, and we have a barbarian that's kind of taking over, uh, just warming his, <laughs> keeping his seat warm. That looks like a centaur. That is, I don't even know what I'm looking at with that. Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. He's, yeah, he's got his belly out and everything. <laughs> so, let's let's go into the other part of of the bookmark tweets that I, I, I really want to talk about with you, but I, I think that was just supposed to kind of lighten the mood, but obviously kind of filling it out on how that, that subsection went with you and I, um, this is a very uncomfortable moment in American history. And Marley and I are still on edge in the studio with regard to this big issue that's happening right now. So that's why we were not laughing. Okay. American <laughs> politics as of right now is not a joke. <laughs> okay. And the reason I, and, the reason why it was uncomfortable is to show you how serious this is, okay? None of you can be laughing at oh, home. Oh, no. Was I that uncomfortable? Yeah. No, 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 no. I was just kidding. I'm just, I'm just poking fun well, at you. Well, for the people um, at home, I thought these memes were very funny. Ryan noted that I kind of suppressed my laughter at an instinct, but no. I was... Yeah. Okay. So, um, I, I think it's... It's also good um, for what I'm going to highlight later in this episode, but uh, it's... It's good for me to kind of demonstrate this right off of the bat, but you said how you initially thought like this was just um, people that were frustrated with the government that were breaking into the Capitol building, and then you later realized that they were mostly uh, Trump supporters. But um, a lot of representatives, and especially Republican representatives, would disagree with you there, uh, such as Mo Brooks on Twitter. So on January 7th, Mo Brooks... um, uh, a, a Republican representative from the House had said, "We need evidence. We ha- we have evidence, much public, surfacing that many Capitol assaulters were fascist antifas." And do you not get the definition of what a fascist, what antifa is? It's anti-fascist. Um, that gets me yeah. so many times. Yeah. Do you like fascism? Do you like Mao? Do you like Hitler? Do you like Stalin? Do you like Mussolini? Do you like fascism? No, then you're an anti-fascist. <laughs> and it just, it really shows that people just take a word and run with it. I... Yeah. And then the the second part of his tweet reads, uh, again, time will reveal truth. Don't rush to judgment. Don't be fooled by hashtag fake news media whose political ju- judgment drives their reporting. My view, 
fully prosecute them all. Um, so he has like an entire thread, but that's that's one of them. And then Cenk Uger from the Young Turks, uh, he quoted that tweet and said, when we prosecute them and they all turn out to be Trump supporters, are you going to come back out here and apologize for being a delusional conspiracy theorist? Are you going to apologize for being uh, a virulent liar? Are you going to apologize for hating America and our democracy? So he's just, he's kind of, he, he's he's kind of like noting how how delusional um this this representative in particular can be um but there were there were other tweets that i found that kind of humorously pointed uh at this so let me let me read you another one so we have uh, becca lewis um a humble twitter user with a, a 30 39,000 retweets and 250 likes for this uh tweet um and it, it that reads Fascists on live stream. Hey, it's us, the fascists. <laughs> Storming the Capitol. Hey, here are our names and addresses. Take a look at our IDs. We are well-known personalities with very recognizable faces. Right right wing media, colon. Hmm. It seems like Antifa. But we gotta get down to the bottom of this. <laughs> um, so there's there's a lot of cognitive dissonance going on, and I've talked about it in in some of my earlier episodes too, when you know, you associate rioting and chaos eruption with uh, with the opposite side of the political spectrum, and you're coming from the right, and you associate it. You associate it every time with BLM and Antifa, and then it happens for, like from your own side, and they happen to do something a lot worse that's not peaceful protesting, and they happen to be invading the Capitol Hill. No, that's so very true, and this is. It's like. Hmm, let's get down to the bottom of this. It's, we don't know everything yet. <laughs> Before we make assumptions. But no, it's ridiculous. Like, um, this is not even new painting um black protesters as like these rioters. During the civil rights era, there were so many ad campaigns and smear campaigns about like how they're anti-law and order and they just want violence. And that, you know, history tells us yeah. that it was a very turbulent time, but this was not just riots happening and I think it's so interesting that after yeah. so many of these Black Lives Matter protests happened years ago in the earlier 2000s, you might touch on this later, a lot of those leaders were found mysteriously dead, weird suicide by car fires, I say in air quotes. Wait, the, uh, pro the protesters? Or Protest leaders. Wow. Yeah, and so... Some of them were stolen. Like There were videos on, on Twitter of, of, of guys, white guys... All in their fucking mid thirties, six six and a half feet tall, they're rolling up in their vans and they're taking uh away these people, these protesters, like in the middle of Oregon. Yeah, that's happening and, in Oregon, and and they 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 claim to be associated with the police. They're not providing any real evidence. It's like, but you don't know what happened to those people. You don't know what the what the follow up was. So like, it there's there's so much deserved animosity towards the right especially when they tr when they try to dismiss a blm as like a fascist movement or anarchist it's like no it, everybody is fighting for equal rights and it, why can't we why why can't we uh treat the police treat uh, everyone equally well yeah no and and that's that's one of the key points that they're fighting for but it's like oh no black people want special treatment black lives matter all lives matter <laughs> yeah so it's it's just a very uh frustrating thing especially for people on the left it you know i think it is and i think it's very interesting because you know these leaders years later it happened years later they just mysteriously all died in car fires and i think that this past summer when a lot of protests were erupting it was kind of in this 
general safety that if you go to a protest, you hide your face, you do not take pictures, you do not record anything because this information, we have so much facial recognition technology and yeah. software that if you make your identity known, you do not want to be one of those people who ends up mysteriously dead several years later. Fuck. And here, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I saw all these photos that the people who stormed the Capitol, they were posting selfies, taking videos, God. they were posing. They're fully comfortable. They were fully comfortable. And I, I just, part of me thinks like it's, this your first coup is this your first like protest yeah. and yeah. also are you not expecting to mysteriously end up dead because you're just yeah. showing your face like there's no regard for privacy and i think you touched on it they probably don't expect this to have the um lethal consequences that it had oh, for yeah. other protesters yeah well let's get it so there's a one of the guys uh one of the most viral uh, photos that's going around out there mm-hmm. um, with the with the guy sitting at Nancy Pelosi's seat and or, or office and he has his feet on the table yeah. and he's like looking at his phone like they have to prosecute that guy. I mean, representatives were calling for it. There's people online saying like, well, what the fuck? Like, why is this arrest taking so long? Why isn't this? Why haven't the police or anybody else? Why have they gone? They why haven't they so gone out? Easy after for them. They take actual selfies, and I just I thought it was so ridiculous when they finally did get inside the Capitol. They walked. They were yeah. roaming, but they almost walked in this semi-orderly, just like filming, like they were tourists. Yeah. And I just thought there's absolutely no organization behind yeah. this. If you are actually trying to make a change and make a difference and overthrow something, if that's your intention, you are so disorganized. You're just kicking your feet up and posting selfies. Yeah. It's no, like th- you had but, no point in coming in but here. But it's... I, I don't like to I, I like to use this word very sparingly mm-hmm. and I, I want to use it reasonably mm-hmm. when the time calls for it. It's white now. privilege. Yes, yes. It's uh, this guy was it's totally expecting it, like himself to get away with it. And he's saying, well, I'm an American. I have every right to get sit in Nancy Pelosi's office and 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 ransack her office you and destroy government official uh, uh, the government documents. Of course, and you know, I I appreciate that. You know, um, a lot of terms have become buzzwords as of late, yeah. and I think that unfortunately, even though these words carry so much weight behind them, people are so quick to dismiss them as like, oh, another talking point. But I think that is the absolute definition of white privilege. They're like. People have been citing on Twitter and online how this is in our constitution. We are allowed to protest and allowed to overthrow our government. I can talk on that later, but it's just so this idea of like this is no, my. You can, talk, you can talk on it now if okay. you want, just a little bit. Though. Well, I'll go. I'll finish my first thought because okay. I don't want to go on a tangent. Okay. But this idea, like, it's my right to again come into <laughs> Nancy Pelosi's office. Yeah. Like, I'm an American, and there's no regard for like, oh wow, this could get me killed because I'm not supposed to be in here. It's yeah. like, no, this is uh, you work for me, and you know the officials are in theory supposed to be working yeah. for us. And you know, I forgot my second point now because I decided well, to not make I, it. Well, I mean, if it were a black man in that situation, I think it, an African American gentleman. <laughs> If, if, who happened to be leading the charge into Capitol the building? Mm-hmm. If he were to be a part of a, the the BLM movement, BLM protest, and if they happened to go in there, like the first thing that would come into the mind, I'm I'm trying to step into their shoes and mm-hmm. and um without like fully knowing, but I can imagine that they would be very extremely fearful for what the consequences would be. I I, I 
you have to assume that they would receive a harsher sentence. Oh, definitely. And, you yeah. know, um, Biden spoke on this, I think, when he addressed the nation. He um, recounted the story of, I think, maybe his his granddaughter or a relative. I think her name's Finnegan. Yeah. Well, one of his uh, one of his daughters, I think, works for. Um, yeah. Uh, never mind. No, Continue. His, his daughter was a student, and um, she, I guess, had apparently shared a photo of all of these armed. I don't know if they're National Guards or police, but they were just lining the Lincoln Memorial all up in arms. And that was for the Black Lives Matter protests. Yeah. I and think she works for a nonprofit. One of one of his daughters or at least one of his granddaughters worked for a nonprofit. Made have been. You know, I don't yeah. know much about the Bidens family. They all have such interesting names though. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you know, and Bo Biden. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh he, at that. He died. Oh. But uh, that's such a, uh, that was a little tone deaf okay continue. <laughs> well you know I i'm not laughing at that i was just saying like uh, it's funny that they just so happen to name him right you can't make fun of a dead person especially uh, his name i'm not i'm not okay. okay all right no i do feel a little bit bad about that okay no it's okay yeah <laughs> but i mean yeah i think it just is the idea that everyone was so ready to defend law and order and didn't he run on being the law and order president that's also not a new thing either yeah. when there were um elections happening during the times of the civil rights movement yeah. <laughs> um the slogan was law and order are you on the side of law and order or on the side of anarchy and yeah. these people these brown people wanting rights no exactly and and so he was doing that to the blm protest for a lot less I mean, and a lot of them were peaceful uh, again, but there were some incidents where there were there was looting and rioting. But he was he was kind of like isolating that and making it like the a bigger issue and and speaking like and and extrapolating that for the entire BLM movement, which wasn't the case at all. But and so right after the the Capitol insurrection, he he tweets. Well, these Americans have been betrayed. They've been lied to. <laughs> and this is, they, there is an injustice going on. It's a conspiracy to get me out of office, okay? I deserved, I earned the, the right amount of votes to get me into a second term. And, they, and their actions were completely justified. And, and so that was uh, the biggest reason why they, they ended up taking his, uh, uh, his Twitter account and Facebook account away permanently. Um, but in response to BLM, he's like law and order, and, and and so I mean it's just hypocritical, you know. And and he does he's he's not like conscious enough to understand that. I don't think he's smart enough to understand. But and I don't he's not smart enough to understand that. But I also think he's very clever and does happen to be a malignant narcissist. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's kind of you know a very telling trait of that is um, you know not being able to handle fault of your own yeah but i think you're very right it is it is hypocritical and i think it's unfortunate because i think we we're speaking earlier on this how individuals not all of them but some individuals who are rightly frustrated with governmental processes have made trump their idol yeah and i think that they have Ugh. this is not maybe he's a false prophet it's false prophet i oh. I don't think that it was really the right choice for them. I think that he will entertain anybody who wants to give him praise. Yeah. However, there are a lot of actual injustices that are happening. Um, you know, it's completely fair to critique the 
political game and yeah you know how decisions are made right now right but trump is not your martyr for this and making him as such it just confuses everything it yeah makes your cause look messy and there yeah there's and the hypocrisy doesn't only go for him it's for republicans in general but i think a lot of them um as i was watching um from c-span there's a video of like this courageous uh, uh pennsylvania P- pennsylvanian elector where he said he where he came out and and stated that there were at least 300 cameras where where the uh, where they were counting the electoral votes for yeah. their state yeah. there was media there there were cameras you yeah. can see videos of it there was like um government officials there there was media in the room yeah you know and and he was con- he was contradicting a lot of uh, what the other side of his party was claiming but while he was saying it in front of Nietzsche, uh speaker nancy pelosi uh, right after like uh, as they were reconvening um after the the insurrection um this uh republican um other republican representatives were saying you're lying you're full of shit you're not telling the truth this is what this is not our republican reality republican reality is the only reality what's wrong with you (laughs) so (laughs) mega bitch (laughs) yeah make america great that's really i mean that's really (laughs) it um you know in congress a lot of it is you vote for what your party has decided your stance will be. Yeah. You and if Democrats are voting one way, you vote with Democrats. If Republicans, that's also are that's one also way. a really big problem with the Democrats. Yeah, and you know I, th- I think it's just more the po- I don't want to say as a buzzword, but politics yeah. in general. And I, I think that's what I meant to say when there was a lot of frustration that people had. And I think that this whole stop the steal was just this like ra- it, it was rallying cry. I think you know? he. I think Trump, and I'll, I'll touch on this very briefly, because we have uh, a lot that I want to get into. But I think Trump intentionally led the spectacle for himself. Like it, he was actually prompting this to uh, oh, to continue a lot longer yeah, than no, that like, people uh, other people want wanted. To, I want all the attention. You know, no, you want to ignore no, me? No, yeah, but I mean, he had the. Uh, he he had the rally in front of the White House, and then there, and and he's saying, uh, "Look at what they did to us. <laughs> Look at this is shameful. This is totally shameful. I hate." Go get him. Yeah, go get him. <laughs> I'm gonna march right right along with you. He just went back home and like sees what happens. I'm yeah, I know. I'm gonna march right along with you in the Capitol building, and we're gonna and we're gonna persuade Mike Pence into uncertifying the election results. It's but it, I think. He didn't exactly say it that way, but I think that's how a lot of his supporters amongst the crowd were kind of perceiving it to be. Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit, guys, guys, we're we're in a revolution. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then uh, the, the, the Beatles song revolution is playing in their head and they're just like, yes, this is demo- this is democracy, bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, um, but. Let's get into um, some of the things that that um, that people of color are 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 bringing up on Twitter because I I think it's uh, it's important. So I'll I'll only bring up two two tweets. I was I was collecting everything. I was collecting different thought pieces, um, but I, I think for for our our, our t- for the show's uh, time 
we we need to be considerate about that so let's uh just i'm going to keep it very brief so let's see this one from at xgmc underscore reads trump supporters cried about anarchy and are the ones breaking down police brigades and stormy capitol hill i am so angry for all of the injured killed and missing black and brown organizers that have tried to prove this point for years and uh, this is a humble Twitter user that happened to get a couple hundred retweets um, and a, a few thousand likes, but it happened to be viral. So, and I think this person brings up an interesting point because there were uh, multiple videos of of uh, white men, uh, especially chasing uh, black and brown cops. Like, I'm not sure if you if you saw that one where um, the black cop he's 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 guarding a certain point. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Capitol Hill, he's he's guarding a certain entrance in the, to the staircase, mm-hmm. and and he's it's it's he's he's by himself uh, aside from the other guy recording him, mm-hmm. has, recording everything going down. He's by himself and he only has a baton with him. He does not have a gun. He does not have a gun, or at least he's not using it, right? And he's yeah. he's he happens to be an African American man, and he's standing he's standing at that post. They intimidate him. It's all of them. It's it's like. It's all of them that are standing, that are amassed and standing in the hallway that are looking at him with such animosity and they're chasing him up the staircase. Did you see that video? I did not see that video. But, and there's another video of, uh, of, um, African American and, um, Latin X folk that are, were cleaning the mess up, uh, right after everything was ransacked. So it's just. A, a, a lot of uh, a lot of these moments that were captured uh, before, during, and after the insurrection that that um, that highlighted the injustice and yeah. and and highlighted the, the just the torment of it all. So, uh, any thoughts? I mean, I I hadn't seen that video or um, seen that photo, but I, I mean, yeah, I think it's just brings, I think it's very disgusting. Yeah, because. They, like you said, like they want this revolution for things to be better, for injustices to stop. And they're just so blinded. And they probably are the kind of individuals who would deny their own privilege. They're just so blinded to the reality that they're a part of and the actual consequences of their actions. And they're just, they're playing revolutionary. But again, it's so disorganized. They don't seem, they don't seem to be making anything better for any of their community members, for themselves at all. And it's just, it, it just seems like they're just playing, you yeah. know? Yeah, I agree. Okay, um, there's one more tweet that I want to share with you. Uh, and this is from Witchy Twitchy TV, uh, at Witchy Twitchy, and she has a, a few thousand followers on Twitter, I think. Uh, her pronouns are she and hers. So she tweeted, uh, this is an America in quotation marks, and then and then her um, responding that to that she goes, she says yes it is from indigenous genocide to slavery to Japanese internment camps to Jim Crow to forced uh, hysterectomies in border camps to the mistreatment of ind- indigenous water protectors to the corruption of police and their mistreatment and murder and murder of minorities so it, it's uh. A lot of the a lot of the, the things that I'm sharing right now they kind of they they bring you to tears, and I don't. This is this is what makes people want to block 
Trump supporters or, or at least cut them out of their lives. And I don't think that's necessarily the right idea that they have in mind, but it's the, it's very aggravating. And it, it tugs in your heartstrings and it makes you mourn for those that, that have suffered. Um, but yeah, uh, any thoughts? Um, you know, I think you touched on it very well. Um, that yeah, this is not the America that was taught in our social studies classes. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why it's sometimes very difficult for people to, how would I say, mm. to accept that this is what America really is. Because it's uncomfortable and it almost, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's accepting a lot of uncomfortable truths and a lot of right wingers would deny that and, and try to present their own evidence and, and look at it from a, a one dimensional standpoint. And it's, you know. It's not it's not right yeah you know like these ideas in order to accept them we have to take a big step back from our own daily lives a society that we grew up in our societal norms and societal expectations we were all taught the same thing in elementary school and this is part of our national identity so it is kind of against the grain yeah. to talk about these uncomfortable but very true things and I think it's very unfortunate that people would rather just remain in a more comfortable like, version of their reality than find out what is true. Like, right. You know? Yeah. It's, um, I, I think it's just the way that, that everything is, is set up nowadays. Um, like you can have, there's so many news sources out there that, um, that tell their own truths. Yeah, and you can have any truth or, that fits your... Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's it, it's all confirmation bias. So, you know, not... Like, the average person doesn't follow um, Ben Shapiro, MSNBC, Fox, and CNN. Like, they, there's there's too many conflicting ideologies, too, many confli too much conflicting rhetoric. And I just... Uh, to make it simpler for themselves, they, they usually trust um, and defer their own opinions to, like, these these bigger news organizations that don't necessarily have it right 100% of the time, or they're ignoring a very, um, very vital uh, key points. So it's uh, misinformation um, as well as like, I think we touched on it earlier, but we, there's, you know, QAnon out there. And in, in, in case something's not making like total sense to you, you kind of buy into these conspiracy theories and, and believe that, you know, Democrats are pedophiles or, or, uh, something, something absurd like of that nature. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I, we were touching on this earlier. I almost lost my train of thought for a moment, but, mm -hmm. um, I, I think that conspiracy theories are very convenient for people who fail very hopeless or like terrified of the unknown and i think qanon really got its stay in the sun it kind of came out of the corners of the internet to mainstream society yeah during the coronavirus pandemic people were so confused and looking for information and qanon was able to infiltrate all these different groups of people looking for answers and I think it's another group that was able to make Trump their patron saint. And I think it's so ironic, um, we were talking about this earlier, that the people who are following QAnon are following, are, you know, expressing anger at these quote-unquote evils of the government of molesting yeah. children, of worshipping Satan. Well, it, it all started with Jeffrey Epstein, who uh, notably had an affiliation with Trump. <laughs> uh, is, that where it's, I don't, is that where it started? 
I, I mean, I, I guess you could say that like it, it um, that's a, that's a good place to sort of trace it back to because Jeffrey Epstein was also in cahoots with Bill Clinton. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know to what extent and nobody really does. But, uh, yeah, but, it, it, but it, it makes a lot of people scratch their heads and uh, theorize and come up with like all these crazy irrational like things that that they're coming up with. No, it totally does. But it's frustrating because, you know, what QAnon is saying, these are actual, you know, tangible evils, things that most people can agree is bad, yeah. you know, to steal children and molest them. Like most people can yeah. say, you know, that is an evil thing we should fight against. And, and But that's that's it. Acknowledging that by itself is irresponsible. So it, in, in one of the town halls, like I was telling you earlier, uh, Trump, <laughs> they, they ask they ask. Uh, trump about QAnon, and then he says well i haven't really looked into it I, I i don't know whether that's true or false but i know that pedophilia is wrong and <laughs> i know that a lot of these guys they're they're getting down to the bottom of it so i <laughs> i i trust them as the as as the, as the truth bringers as defenders defenders of the truth that's what it is as, this, and defenders of justice this idea that like again i know i said it a million times but a lot of people justice. have like so much distrust right now for the government for media for democracy and it's so ironic because you were mentioning in that tweet there are so many reasons you, you mean the the clip oh um, from, so the from the moment about um the moment about no oh yeah. I, I was... by witchy twitchy was that her name oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah well, you know people seem very frustrated at the way politics are done they seem frustrated at just the whole process of it all and again that's absolutely nothing new but there are real tangible things to be angry about we've been having protests by black lives matter we've been you know we've been kind of bringing to light these genocides we've ha that have been happening but instead they want to focus on the evils of government like boogeymen and like monsters and satanic cults and yeah it's just if you're so concerned about justice and the secrets of your government and things that just aren't in broad daylight there's a lot that you could delve into mm -hmm. you don't have to rely on QAnon and these mysterious again these are just things that anyone can agree are bad you yeah. know you don't have to take a step back to realize oh hmm, there's a lot of systemic issues going on that you know allow you know like QAnon to exist yeah or something like QAnon something like QAnon to exist or you know even allow I don't know situations yeah. that happen where but then they get they go down rabbit holes and they think oh Tom Hanks <laughs> was touching his kids this whole time oh yeah no it's ever since his part in in forrest gump <laughs> <laughs> <Is> that <what laughs> no that's not that's not entirely what they were saying but but because he's rich just because he's a prominent hollywood figure he's just he's a staple boy um exactly it, what they're like and and also on. i think it's a, it, it, i want to go into this rabbit hole just a little bit but i, I think there is also this frustration from the right with hollywood like people that they've admired for years people that they've you know had celebrities that they've had pictures of in their households like framed pictures <laughs> you know like I, I i've actually met a few of those people um they, they they're disheartened by the fact that hollywood is you know uh, pr uh predominantly left and left-leaning and 
it's uh, and to them, you know, they they look at that and think these are not everyday people. These <laughs> these people have have not uh, felt the frustrations that I felt. They live. They they live in imagination land. <laughs> they live in Disneyland, <laughs> um, <laughs> and they suck off Mickey Mouse. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> uh, uh, That's but, actually an interesting point. I um I never thought of it that way. Yeah, you know? but there are a lot of uh, I, again um they see them as out of touch, and I think from there uh through whatever uh, incremental amount of evidence or incremental like uh, type of action that the celebrity in question has taken like they they go off of that and they suggest the wildest and the craziest conspiracy things conspiracy theories and it's almost self-fulfilling because (laughs) (laughs) it's a rush oh (laughs) are kidding no (laughs) but the more um insane something seems the more you'd be um privy to deny it or keen to deny it it's like oh well of course that's exactly what you'd want me to think that it's not true that's that's part of the facade you know yeah. like i'm uncovering more of the truth the more that you're telling me that this is not the truth you know yeah. i just i feel like you're right there's just like some psychological rush i think to feeling like you're just unco- like digging deeper into something yeah it makes their nipples tingle. I'm no, no, uh, okay. I don't mean it being appropriate. All right. He didn't all right. mean it. Yeah. <laughs> Marley made me. She made me <laughs> through her feminine wiles. <laughs> Womanly wiles. Yeah. Uh, okay. We are gonna take a, a five-minute break, and and then we'll get right back into uh, the next question that I have for you, Marley, which is. Uh, is it wise to cut relations or lose respect for someone? just because they support Trump. So more of that when we return. Three, two, one. I'm Carly, and this is Sam. And we're recording for iCarly. That's Freddy. I abuse him off camera. <laughs> Sam doesn't do anything. I just pull the strings, and I encourage her to abuse him. And I just pretend like I'm innocent. <laughs> That's like Carly for you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Well, manipulating him into thinking that I could potentially like him or... <laughs> Duh. Okay. Uh, uh, that was just an off-the-cuff off uh, <laughs> I, I Carly um, bit. No, that's what she does. Yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong. This went on for seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I like the brother, Spencer. I did, too. <laughs> he was simple. That's why we all liked him. Yeah. We felt at ease. I I liked all of the the girlfriends that he uh, that were into him. I don't remember any of his girlfriends, but I think they all followed the same archetype of like <laughs> straight brown hair and like. Well, so two of them were blonde. Oh, okay. And especially Excuse in me. the earlier seasons. The... And then they realized he should be diverse and include some brunettes in there. Right. Spent... They were still white. <laughs> um, white odd tan, really skinny. They had like. I don't like to talk about like, well one of them bodies, one of them were but... one of them was tan, but in the earlier seasons they they had this uh, uh they had this crazy one uh with glasses who was like the daughter of a of a pie uh pie shop owner I vaguely remember that yeah and uh and she grabs on to his okay so like it, it, I'm not gonna Let's like go. go into the specifics of like the context of of that particular episode but she uh she grabs his face 
<laughs> and then and then she just like sticks her tongue in his mouth and he's and he's like what the hell was that for and and this is not how it, it how it exactly went but she she says to him don't pretend like you don't love it <laughs> yeah uh that sounds like disney channel nickelodeon teen shows like this kind of like vague <laughs> sexual things but are kind of like awkward and not really realistic of how teenagers and young adults are dan dan schneider the the creator behind iCarly, drake and josh and mm-hmm. uh, zoe 101 he uh, he he all he always like tapped on the threshold of actually sexual with uh with the shows I think that's like what the youths <laughs> wanted though like the little 12 year olds like oh yeah i'm like a teenager i'm so sexual it's what every boy wants you yeah. know but like <laughs> i don't know i just feel like that's how young minds think and i think that like it's so clear that this show was not written by young obviously not written by young people it was written for young people but in a very awkward way I didn't think it was awkward. I thought, like, I didn't, well, so the reason why it could be perceived as awkward, like, especially now looking at it as an adult. That's fair. uh, I, there were episodes where the, some of the characters were in bikinis and, and, and it happened to be, like, one with Victorious, they're in a really hot RV and everybody's sweating and everybody wants to get, like, water on their chest just to cool down. (laughs) and uh <laughs> see i think i think that it's less that these shows so, are reflecting like and it's and, it's, and it's implicit of like oh is it hot in here or is it just me yeah <laughs> yeah like, or is like it just you like i don't know i i swear i think these shows they do not i think they're based on like some sort of reality but i think it's more that like they this sets the precedent for like <laughs> young teenage girls about like what's being on this quote-unquote sexual market is like and that kind of it's not that they're representing reality it's like they're creating (laughs) the reality that they're going to grow into and try and like fulfill you know like oh yeah this is like self-obsessed self-obsessed sure yeah Yeah. you know i think iCarly was even though it was it was in the format of of being in an industry where you have to be self-obsessed in order to be successful it wasn't like the, the main character herself carly wasn't self-obsessed she wasn't but she had the coolest room she had no parents oh, she right. had like no, every single cool thing you yeah. know and like all the boys loved her prepubescent body and, <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> and like you know <laughs> and they're the boys like they're all like hot and in their like 20s even though they're playing like teenage characters and and they go over to Man- miranda cosgrove and they're like come here michael jackson <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding it's a joke <laughs> no miranda no people say that but i don't think miranda cosgrove looks like michael jackson i th- actually think she's pretty attractive just as a viewer okay i'm not saying that i'm not judging her by her looks okay i, I actually think she's enough as a phenomenal i thought she was a phenomenal actress at the time for portraying uh, a character on a kid show and i wasn't exposed to that much uh um film so my palette was uh, very <laughs> uneducated, mind. okay, and 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 for the uh, for the film for films and all their genres. See, I thought she was just fine. Apparently, I had realized just later that everyone was focused on Sam, and and you know Sam from, was cool. Sam was cool, but she wasn't the main character, and therefore, like, it was it was a nice dynamic between the both of them. Like, Carly was like the sensitive kid. 
and and she she kind of understood sam she had a lot of empathy for her as a friend and then sam the only person that she respected out of anybody that she came across was carly and and her brother sometimes but not never freddie you know i appreciate (laughs) that they made sam this like punk ass tough girl (laughs) at the same time they let her have blonde hair that was curled and lip gloss and like all these cute like layered clothes you know like there's that meme kind of made her this tomboy and then they explored her character a little bit in one episode where uh they said well uh sam you're the toughest you're the toughest girl that i've ever met you're the toughest dude and then like she tries to become girly in order to be acceptable and like and and regular girl standards for for regular girl standards rather for the hegemonic girl yeah (laughs) but you know like yeah it's interesting they had jade on the other hand being all tough and wearing black and like eyeshadow which is like you know fine but i think that they really like (laughs) gave her a character without dressing her to look like this character this like tough girl who like yeah looked all just obsessed with like darkness and death very emo and then with sam i was gonna mention something else but i forgot it's okay we're (laughs) rambling everybody welcome back to raw dogs invisible spectacle (laughs) uh we are uh going to get into uh not the question that i mentioned right before we took a break but uh uh, another one that uh, that marley and i want to get into um uh because we talked about it and it's uh, it seems like the most appropriate one to to kind of address so let's let's go into it shall we we shall yes uh so i found a report from uh, a news a news organization called now this okay they've been around for a few years they usually have like um really like two minute videos you can post all over facebook with all your friends share yeah and uh they they edited them to upbeat whenever it's something like really really positive or or just kind of like make it seem more dramatic in case like there's a a negative uh, news piece that's like circulating so i mean and and they they know how to edit their their videos well but and and so that's what they're really known for but uh this one reads and we mentioned this earlier but we want to like fully address it now to see whether it was the right call and that is this piece that I'm about to read. Breaking. After years of public pressure and demands to keep a United States president who incites violence and pushes conspiracy theories to his millions of followers off the platform, Twitter on Friday permanently suspended Donald Trump's at real Donald Trump account in a move that was accelerated by a deadly riot at the U.S. Capitol two days earlier. And so the uh, the, the post is actually a little bit longer than that. But um, woof. Do you think it was the right call, Marley? I do think it was the right call, and might it might not be for the reasons you may think. Um, of course, um, you know everyone likes to talk about having free speech and the right to say things, even that are you know very inflammatory things. Even you know technically though, you can't incite violence. You can't yell fire in a movie theater. <laughs> but um, you know I've said this to Ryan. Um. Trump is not a revolutionary leader. <laughs> he is not some um I guess martyr. profound yeah, some martyr, some profound voice that's being squashed out because like he's exposing truths about our society or our government. He is leading an authoritarian movement. He I had mentioned before his this this whole um insurrection was very dis very disorganized. They seem to have no goal. They just walked into the Capitol like tourists, laughing and like taking photos. Um and 
you know, I said this before as well. Trump has kind of been made the face of a lot of, you know, this QAnon, this um, stop this deal. And yeah, he. Uh, if you are supporting Trump's ability to continue tweeting, you're basically just supporting a movement towards an authoritarian regime, which is just like Mao and Stalin and yeah. Hitler. And I, so I think his supporters, you know, would should even agree with this. If you like the idea of authoritarianism, then there's a great corner of the internet for you. But <laughs> I believe that his supporters and I believe people who are not his supporters all fi should find that they do not want to be in a government that is centered around Trump. Yeah. He, yeah, he just... I don't know how else to I, say oh. I, I think a good way to look at it is... Well, okay. So, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and, and even Instagram. Like, they're all perceived by the right. And even I think even most reasonable people would would look at them as like these giant tech companies. Mm -hmm. No, they are. The, these yeah. uh, these big Facebook tech companies owns with like heavy... half the things you mentioned, you know? No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, even... I don't think... Well, they own Instagram. They own Instagram. Not TikTok. No, but no. TikTok is, is becoming more and more popular and it's not on par with popularity uh, on with uh twitter it's like it's like a step below twitter okay in, yeah. in terms of it's it's like popular but um but i was reading an article that said twitter has actually a disproportionate effect of in, amount of influence it does um, it has the least users but it has the most uh, yeah three, influence. just to kind of put this into perspective mm -hmm. facebook has 1.2 billion uh users uh, as opposed to twitter's 350 million twitter users no yeah because people oh, on twitter have shit to say people on facebook create it because like it's what you do i guess yeah i mean like all the posts that you see on facebook will uh, will say um well it's mostly like twitter is is filled with celebrities influencers and and politicians like they they automatically go to twitter when they want to share something um and so like fox news and and abc news like they'll when they post something uh they'll start their headline by reading aoc or donald trump took to twitter by tweeting this yesterday yeah and and so that's that's usually how they'll, they'll start off but yeah um I, I definitely agree that it has that amount of influence but um the the thing that i was going to get into earlier was that it's uh, because he was able to incite all this violence. And, and we're not going to get into a question of whether Twitter was a public forum or not, which it isn't. Um, it's a private company. And it, that just happens to have uh, millions of users. Uh, but you can't say anything you want. You can't spew hate speech. You can't. Uh, um, there, there are certain restrictions on there that would otherwise be made available to you in terms of accessibility in terms of what you can say in in the public park like in an actual public forum but twitter is not that so i think that's what people need to understand and then so when you know, people look at that and say like that's unconstitutional hey well people you shouldn't <laughs> you shouldn't tell the president that he's wrong you shouldn't tell the president you shouldn't have that power or authority to kick him off of that platform that's what everyone i always say was what everyone gets wrong about free speech freedom of the right to free speech means that you cannot get arrested for what you say it does not mean that someone can't tell you you're an idiot or like say shut up about this you know yeah. and you know f oh, shoot i forgot my other point 
I don't even know what it was. The the other side of the, I, I think um, because Twitter is becoming predominantly left, there there's um there's there's a little bit of a shift going on. So uh, right wing users, even though the, those are they're still recognizing that parlor that Twitter is is still as influential as it is they they tried to keep their accounts on there while also um trying to aggregate and other um right-wing uh platforms such as parlor so that you have a little bit of a shift going on over there and people that are affiliating themselves with parlor people that are signing up for those accounts they're um they're they're being berated by by people uh in general uh as like so what is Parler? Is Par- that- Parler is just a right-wing social media app. I see. Or pra- social social media um, platform. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you, you haven't heard of it? I haven't heard of it. Oh wow. Yeah. No, but. What were, we, what were you gonna say earlier? I remembered it just now, and then I forgot it again. I don't know why my brain's doing it. It's well, that's past okay. Past midnight here. Yeah. No. It, yeah. Uh, we're we're doing a little bit of a late recording. Oh, you know what? I was gonna mention earlier before that um, the responsibility that social media companies are now coming under to curb the spread of disinformation. Facebook got so much heat when it came out that they, I guess, allowed Cambridge Analytica to. Um, infiltrate groups and people to encourage which way the election went they went to court for this and yeah you know it was a i think that's why this election cycle i think it was facebook maybe even twitter a lot of search engines disallowed the spread of that hunter biden story about his laptop and they just wanted to get ahead of it so no one could say that they are being irresponsible with their information and like influencing democracy, even if that influences by simply not doing anything. Wait, repeat that, the Hunter Biden um, story. You, the Hunter Biden story when um, I think the New York Post made a story about Hunter Biden leaving his laptop in a back alley Washington DC DC computer shop, wow. forgetting it there, and I guess the shop manager or some worker there found all these incriminating videos of him in like sexual like positions. actually i don't think actually i'll okay. tell you why but that and like some incriminating evidence that like hunter biden was like making deals with people in ukraine to meet with his father joe biden and you know if you actually just think about the <laughs> story that hunter biden who has his own little tech company flew <laughs> all the way across the country to dc to find a computer shop that's not even work on I think Max sent it there and he was ostensibly too drugged out of his mind that he just forgot it there. He didn't have an assistant pick it up or anything. Yeah. And, you know, according to this story, the guy who like went on his laptop and found all this incriminating stuff, he made a copy of it, which is first of all illegal. You can't tamper with that. He sent a copy of it to Rudy Giuliani. He just happens to know Rudy Giuliani thinks, huh, who should this go to? Oh, that's Trump's lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is the, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> makes total sense yeah and another copy i think went to the um new york post and that's the story it was kind of unfounded and if you just <laughs> even think about it for more than a couple minutes you realize it doesn't actually make sense but um facebook prevent and a few of them um, platforms prevented users from sharing this story <laughs> trump was infuriated it happened right before the election and they just were like you know you can see facebook and other platforms yeah. thinking you know we got so much crap and so much heat for just letting things run their course last I, I time didn't, i didn't follow that story but i know that that's what they wanted you to do <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but Don, I, I remember Donald Trump being as frustrated as he was on the debate stage, just mentioning, um, yeah, yeah, like he, the Hunter Biden he story. He really and then, wanted it to be a thing, yeah. you know. And I mean, it makes sense; it's free ammunition right there. But I, I don't think anything that the president was saying in the second debate, especially like, did not make any sense. Yeah, I'm trying to think about the second debate. It was. I just remember. I even remember that first debate. Yeah. You know, I. <laughs> stand by and stand down, proud boys. <laughs> stand by, yeah. And you know, I think he. I think I might have said this. And the first when he was beating Hillary Clinton. Yeah. There we was don't the, win anymore. We don't win. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there was this moment where the moderator was asking Hillary a question. I don't know what she asked, but they both kind of started going at it, speaking over each other. And then Trump jumps in there and starts (laughs) speaking over them. And it's this moment of everyone just yelling. And it's like, who's going to, like, come out of this? The winner. And it was Trump. And it was was a powerful moment. But I think he was just trying to create more moments with Biden. And it just came off as so messy. He's like, I'm going to always speak because I'm a strong man. That's what you want. I know know people genuinely hate him. And I think... When I say this, people are going to get mad at me, and that's fine. I've already accepted that as a reality. He's funny. He's very funny. Oh, like, sure. I, uh, when uh, there was this moment where um, Ted Cruz, like there, the, during the Republican primary in 2015 and early 2016, when they're all debating, and uh, it's just him, Marco Rubio, uh, John Kasich, and and Ted Cruz they're all the, they're all together on stage. Ted Cruz starts off with a compliment and then and then he said, "Well, Donald is a very uh refined businessman, but he also uh but he's also a hypocrite. He also it has it, there's something on his record that doesn't make right? So he's he's calling he's calling him out. He's busting his balls on the spot. And then Trump uh, being the uh, the child that he is, he goes, "You are the single biggest liar <laughs> that has ever appeared on a debate stage. No, you are the single biggest liar in the history of politics." See, like, Just, I... like the standout. There's a lot, a lot of standout moments like that where he's like, "This is the worst trade deal in the history of but trade like, deals." See, that's how he got his base, though, because like you know, he. I mean. I think that's how people were able to forgive him for not having any political experience is yeah. he sounds like people's parents and uncles huh. and aunts who ran. They just say the most outlandish things. It makes sense to them. They were giving him so much media attention too, like a I disproportionate mean, amount. No one ever seen and anyone Jimmy like Fallon, him before. Jimmy Kimmel, like they, the, all those guys who initially thought, oh, this guy would never be president. Like they all gave him airtime and, and the, because he was saying right. what a lot of people were saying behind closed doors. And I don't think his base was simply just like uneducated white male voters in the South. You know, if that was the case, he wouldn't have won. But like it was a lot of people, just regular people who yeah. say kind of like off the cuff things at home, yeah. you know, to their children, <laughs> to their family. And you hear them, you know, you hear like, oh, mm, auntie, mom, that, whoever. <laughs> That's not really right. But Trump goes out and he just says those things. And I think the point is, is that you say them behind closed doors because you know that yeah. someone could probably tell you why well, you're incorrect. Well, but... Speaking, uh, saying things behind closed doors, there was a moment in in one of the primary debates he uh, in North Carolina mm-hmm. where he's, he's talking to Jed Bush debating him and 
and he says something along along the lines of, "We yes, nine eleven was a tragedy, but we shouldn't have have done the Iraq War. Like your brother, your brother made a huge mistake, and everybody like." And the audience was booing him. Uh, that that was the first time. Oh, they were booing him for saying. Yeah, I mean that the was the first war? time, like, ever where uh, he was speaking truth to power. But a lot of people caught wind of that, and uh, audience members at home that were watching him on the television, they mm-hmm. go, "Yeah, he's right. He has a point." That's like, like the Iraq War was such a blunder. I thought that. I think age... this guy, this guy is actually, he's got a head on his shoulders. I <laughs> did not know that people were still. Um in defense of that i thought that at this point it was really 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 obvious that that was a blunder mm-hmm. like because i mean obviously in the early 2000s you couldn't say that but well, like that 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 rhetoric um was always suppressed in the republican party like it, they right. would never want to bring that up as as a huge failure so he was like that was kind of it you know kind of going back to what we were saying ages ago that republicans have a point and they stick to it like democrats do as well and mm-hmm. i yeah the point for the republicans is like the iraq war we always say it's a good thing this is our official stance on it yeah that's and he the problem like, with part with party lines yeah and that's where he was he was like you know what i'm just gonna say it for what it was the party doesn't support it but it was a bad choice was it not you know like am yeah. i wrong and yeah. i you know that's that's fair yeah i think if bernie had employed used um trumpian tactics if he was a little bit more aggressive on the debate stage but i think if he was that's not who he is and i get that that's not his character he couldn't have been though it was bernie never debated trump he only debated biden and i think that he had to remember that at the end of the day he had to go if he sends biden to the moon and like completely destroys him He's one going to be a soggy rag for Trump, and Bernie's going to have to go back to the Senate floor and still work with these people and yeah. still, like, you know, be their colleague after he just obliterated Biden. He was considering that, and he was considering that he really he can't just tear Biden to shreds and send him to Trump like that, you know? Mm-hmm. As much as I was really hoping and really thinking that Bernie would win, I think he might have known that he had to play it a little bit easy for his own sake and for the party's sake you yeah. know and i I, res- I respect that from him i you know yeah it's it's um he's a genuinely good guy you know and i think like all good politicians consider the repercussions of the action i think everyone's comparing trump right now to al gore when he had every right to you know keep recounting votes and really get into it you know maybe he won maybe he didn't but like right. he just decided that it's the country is so divided and the only way it can move forward is if i concede mm-hmm. and like yeah you know let the election results be as they are whether they were right or not this is just the right thing to do as a patriot right so let's circle back uh, to what we were uh originally talking about um which was should trump have been permanently banned on twitter i i think we'll have to agree with uh with everything that you said um when it comes to this this topic but but any final thoughts before we we move on i don't think so okay let's continue all right um the next question that i i really want to ask you marley is uh something that i mentioned before we took the break is it wise is it wise to cut relations and or lose respect for someone just because they support trump this is something that's almost a lot different from from what uh from what we we just talked about but i think it's important and the second question 
is should we actually i'll say that one um so is it wise to cut relations or lose respect for someone just because they support trump i was actually having a conversation about this with um somebody earlier today about how i'm not very accepting of people who hold certain beliefs and that's usually when those beliefs are harmful to somebody's identity or like their existence and i think that when someone supports trump or has any kind of has different ideas it is very telling yeah of them and i think you know obviously everyone has different reasons for supporting trump um like there's probably as many reasons as there are trump supporters but yeah I think just excluding there are people who support Trump who aren't into all that MAGA crap. So I'm just going to exclude them. People who support Trump and are all like make America great again. I think there's something very telling about them. I think that if there's someone who's in the like QAnon and they support Trump for those reasons, or if they believe that Trump's the only one like saving us from like the evil house and Congress, you know, I think that it represents a lot of again fear and hopelessness that they have that they're so a- able yeah. to like cling on to conspiracy theories that Trump created that other people have created um and I'm not going to say I think someone is inherently a bad person for like having those feelings but I think what you do with those feelings is the telling part you can acknowledge them you can acknowledge what like feelings you have about the pandemic about freedoms about the other side about this divisive other they them you know yeah and you could rationalize them you can think about why do i feel this way what might be really going on what are the facts of the situation and you can reconcile your innate feelings with you know the big picture and i think a lot of trump supporters the ones i mentioned the QAnon ones the the maga ones Mm -hmm. they choose to they're making the choice to just um oh what's the word when surrender mm-hmm. to these very um wait trump's trump supporters trump sur- support, surrendering to surrendering to their own feelings their these these inherent feelings they have when times get like tumultuous okay. tumultuous um and uh, i think they defer to a lot of i mean in case there's there's something that's inconsistent about their own ideology they'll defer to ben shapiro i remember listening to one of his segments and and uh and then this lady is saying well and this was back in june when the protests were happening she says i i'm i'm scared because all these leftists are saying uh uh that uh we should we should support them and i don't know what to believe she said something along those lines right mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, but th- this is the point that I want to bring up. Uh, ben Shapiro, he uh, he kind of fills in the gaps for them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's where that's where the danger comes in for listening to one news source, like I mentioned before. Like, it's uh, where you mentioned QAnon and uh, where we talked about white nationalism, there's there's uh there's some form of solidarity going on yeah. and and from that it, it could be inherently dangerous because there's group think um they defer a lot of like they there's not that much like individual thinking or, or gears turning when it comes to these issues and they um 
they don't really consider it and it doesn't make them inherently bad that that's what happens with uh with a lot of people that join the kkk right they um like there's like these smaller them. rural areas in the south and uh and yes uh, they they don't necessarily see bigotry as wrong they just think there's it goes back to that whole separate but equal mentality that other mentality right other in quotation marks and i'm not i'm not sympathizing with them but there's a really um there's a really famous author and speaker out there his name is daryl davis mm -hmm. and uh he he was an african-american gentleman that happened to work with a lot of kkk members and converting them out of of those groups and i think he he didn't see them as inherently bad he just saw them with these people with inherently evil ideas evil ideologies yeah and if you were able to talk to them but I'll, I'll get to this other thing that i want to bring up in a second but but if you were to talk to them if you were to just question every their their ideas every step of the way like there is there's a good chance at bringing them back and and he said that he, for for almost all of them that he talked to, he brought the majority of them out of of that group, and so I think he managed to convert somewhere along the lines of of over two hundred KKK members. I think that kind of speaks to it, you know. Um, a lot of these ideologies, KKK for example, some mm -hmm. Trump's ideologies don't actually follow logic, and if you are to logic with somebody and reason with somebody, yeah, you know, um, you might find that maybe they don't actually believe these ideas, but I. But I some of them, but you're you're right in in saying that some of them are hateful. Some of them are belligerent. Oh, for sure, and I yeah. think that's like a huge thing as well. Like, and this is, has nothing to do with like gun rights, but I will just say that a lot of people like talk about mental illness as a scapegoat for why mass shootings happen. That's so dumb. It is, and I think it's it's dumb because you know this is not about someone having a mental illness. It's about their ideology. Is they believe in their heart of hearts, in their core that. It is so wrong and bad for a group of people to exist and to be alive and that they just truly unapologetically hate them. And that's what that's where you get people who shoot up areas trying to target some group of people. It's not because they're mentally ill or they're depressed or whatever. It's because yeah. they really believe this. But I think that, um, I you know, oh, no, 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 sorry. Well, I was going to say, sorry, I'm kind of jumping points all mm -hmm. over the place here. But I also think that um, a lot of ideologies that and I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to say that Republicans specifically them have is are more ways to justify their own, I guess, values about the world. I, for example, I was saying to you earlier that I don't think that Biden, that Trump supporters who were in the insurrection really believe that biden stole the election but they just really, really wanted a coup i think they just wanted an excuse to like have a coup i think you can see this in so many um other examples i was telling a friend earlier that you know it might be um at a, like poor taste to say that you care about your like gas guzzling car more than the climate huh. but instead of saying that you say oh well is climate change really real yeah and but you're surrounded by a group of people that don't think that climate change is real and you follow uh you organize your social media in a way where you're always either going to be ignoring the issues of the the constant issues of climate change or, or they're just going to full-on deny it yeah yeah you know i think you're totally right that there is like a lot of um like there's a huge influence that the company that the media you consume has on you 
but yeah. like you're just surrounded by ignorance and and from like it's always that fear of the un- un- unknown that could spiral into hate or it can spiral into just animosity well i think like it is the fear of the unknown that again is what it's what the internet um what's it called internet algorithms can prey on that's how QAnon was able to infiltrate so many groups that's why it's such a mainstream thing now it's not just some like weird thing you see on like 4chan or 8chan yeah um but like i there's also an example of the birther theory with republicans what's a birther uh, that obama was oh, not actually born right. in the u.s did you know that i think it might have been hillary clinton that brought that up first i think it was a bit. i I've heard that, but I think it was Trump who kind of like spearheaded it. Yeah, and I think he, that she mentioned it in in one of the debates or yeah, somewhere along her campaign uh, in two thousand eight. Yeah. It was something. That oh my god, he's he's. There's a little okay. Let me talk about the parallel. I know we're going off on multiple tangent tangents tangents, and sometimes I interrupt you sometimes, but this is a good one to bring up. So, Trump, um, as as of lately, just with, with these within these past seven days. He was inciting uh, some type of uh, armed and hateful protest uh, to, to spiral into a riot, and 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 from that there were that he caused uh, he indirectly caused the insurrection of of Capitol Hill, right? And then indirectly, at, wasn't it like very? Uh, well, uh, he said, Let's yeah, march okay, to Capitol Hill. A lot of okay, so I'm I'm, I'm kind of like Ben Shapiro is talking in my head. <laughs> <laughs> he's speaking to me i hear voices all right <laughs> um uh, so they yeah they marched in and then he doesn't really claim any responsibility for that you know um and similar that's similar to what went down in with the whole birther movement mm-hmm. and not believing that that uh barack obama was a, was a fully naturalized citizen mm-hmm. um because he was spearheading it, and then it turns out that Barack Obama was able to provide the document, and then, and then Trump he comes out in a statement because I I saw this in a documentary, mm-hmm. where, um, you know this, uh, um, this document the the birth certificate was publicized, and then right after he says, "Wow, okay, um, I've been wanting to get back to the real issue this whole time now," <laughs> and. I'm I'm so glad uh, that this is all finally over and we can move on professionally and worry about the real problems that are facing uh, Barack Obama's administration. <laughs> Thank you and I love you. And but at the time, people were were wanting him to become president. And if you want, um, you can uh, you can you can look at the. This is I got this information from the last episode of Trump's American Dream on Netflix. It's a whole like mini mini series documentary that you should check out. Was it binge worthy? I think it is, yeah. Okay. It's kind of, it's semi binge worthy. Like the second half is definitely more interesting than the first. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you said something more. Oh no no no. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that birther theory, like, it is like such a great example of if you there was a study done in 2014 by Stanford where they asked Republicans questions about um, Obama's birth, and and one half they phrased it as like oh you know you know you have to be a natural born citizen to be president so hey where was obama born mm-hmm. over 60 percent said he was born in kenya now when they phrased the question as like oh let's just test your knowledge what do yeah. you know like where was obama born the only 30 huh. percent said he was born in kenya so it shows that it's not about them not knowing information or facts but it's just it's more a justification and this one author for this one um 
uh, our website made the point that it's more about not believing that Obama as a black man should be president. It's not yeah. about them like not really believing he like legally should be. It's the facts don't matter to them and like Republican talking points are often just justifications for their own agenda. Mm-hmm. Climate change isn't real because I don't actually care about like reducing my carbon footprint. Well, you know? it's snowing. Yeah. Or well, like Obama <laughs> is not really born in the U.S. because a black man shouldn't really be president, you know? Or like yeah. the election was stolen because we actually have the right to maintain our power because we're authoritarians. And you know what? You'll notice as well this... um, that the- I think... I, it, but some of them actually think that way and uh, uh maybe i don't think it's a conscious lo- for a lot no, of them no exactly you know? that's what i was about to say i, I think it's unconscious yeah Con- unconscious <laughs> okay waking your consciousness but yeah, yeah you know like and you'll see that a lot of the um states and like counties and areas that they're saying that votes were dumped in like in detroit like philadelphia like a lot of areas that are black majority or like have a very high block population it's just one that's where all the votes were dumped and it's just another way to like yeah. subtly discount black votes but if you ask somebody at the well not somebody you saw the confederate flags if you ask many uh, people at the um stop the steal insurrection yeah. a, a lot of them probably wouldn't say like oh it's because we actually just don't like the idea of black people voting you yeah. know like but... so so uh, ooh. yeah uh now i have you speechless okay well that there okay there are like everything that i said is not to say that there aren't any like visceral or hateful trump supporters out there there are absolutely um just this one example um it shows uh that like there were people with t-shirts that uh uh, with the the acronym uh, 6mwe which stands for six million wasn't enough and that's referring to uh the holocaust are you serious yeah are you serious yeah there oh were, my there god. were actual uh, neo-nazi white nationalists oh my out god there. yeah so oh. i mean of course there are worse things than a trump supporter but it's also uh, they these people could be uh, confounded wow. confounded as, as trump supporters yeah wow Maybe confounded is not the right word. I know. What you, I think the listeners know what you mean. When this becomes like a huge podcast, someone will point it out to you later. Yeah. Hey, right, dog. <laughs> what the hell? Episode six. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> I just have that, oh, shit moment. <laughs> I take a deep breath in. <gasps> uh, yeah, there's uh, there's ugly people um, out there for sure in but it's crazy, you know, of all, like, obviously, you know, we have a two-party system, so but we... Yeah. Actually, what were you mentioning before? I, I mentioned the six million wasn't enough. I, like, I, I um, I, I kind of blanked out a little bit, admittedly, because I, <laughs> I haven't been sleeping enough. <laughs> what was I saying before? You were, you were talking about the insurrection a little bit and, and how... Uh, oh, I mean, that was kind of basically my point that, um, you know, I think there's, like, a lot of racial like a lot of racial tones behind it even if they're not all conscious and i think that like again it's like this idea that like we we not we but like these trump supporters these a lot of these white supporters had the idea that like you know we have the right to keep power we will not like we deserve to yeah i'm gonna sit at nancy pelosi's deck i'm i'm a white man i'm a white man okay (laughs) 
God. Yeah. It is What's like, wrong with this fucking country where a white man can walk into Capitol Hill sitting at Nancy Pelosi's desk? Oh, I thought you said Nancy Pelosi's dick at first. I was like trying to follow along. She could be a man. I'm just kidding. No, I don't know. No. That's, that's rude. I, I take that back. I take that back. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. <laughs> but like, yeah, you know, it's just like it's it's so much entitlement and like rage again. Of, and I don't want to sound simplistic here, but about black people having empowerment being president like having like voting like mm-hmm. influencing an election even in a small way and obviously you know everyone knows there's a lot of black trump supporters that is that actually is probably for like a different time you know yeah. like that phenomenon Oof. but um you know it's there are a lot of mexican trump supporters too there are you yeah. know and like it was kind of interesting again like it, i think this election had more uh, latino trump supporters than than in 2016 i think I mean, it's a lot of things, but I, I really think that Democrats have always been taking the black and um, my quote-unquote minority vote for yeah, granted. Especially in California. Especially in California. And I think that it's only become more and more blatant and obvious. And I think, yeah. you know, Joe Biden, I think we even talked about this before, He that whole you ain't black comment, Ugh. that was more than just a gaffe or a fumble. A lot of times people say really dumb things and you're like, ah, I see what they meant, but I was in poor taste. That, yeah. what Joe Biden said, was basically admitting what we've all suspected, that yeah, we do take the black vote for granted. If you're not voting for me, you ain't black. And, yeah. the- and, and the majority of Georgians out there... Um, that that voted for biden they were led by by african-american organizers that were you know uh people living in urban areas especially um like the city of atlanta and then uh other others uh, like other spots right yeah (laughs) they were able to um organizing it everybody together um in in the in these african-american communities and 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 georgians uh, in general to go vote for biden and um, that had previously didn't happen before uh, for, for for Democrats running. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's, I say this jokingly sometimes at home, but, like, um, a lot of things that Biden is doing right now, you can see, see um, he has a lot of white guilt, but he's, like, you know, yeah. doing something with yeah. it. Yeah. No, no that's what I meant to say. Like, they, they showed his, they showed their support for him despite uh, what, what he previously said. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. so that's, like, Sorry, what were you saying? I don't even know at this point. I noticed you're looking at... uh, I thought you were looking at your No, no, no. I was just looking at my notes. No, no, no. no. Um, Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Okay. Everybody, we are back on Raw Dog's Invisible Spectacle. We're here with Ryan Seacrest. (laughs) I felt so natural. Yeah. I did. Uh... We, uh, this has been a great episode so far, um, but um, we are going to have to conclude uh, our, this entire um, festivity of uh, of thoughtful comments. Spectacle. Yeah, the spectacle, the invisible spectacle uh, with one last uh, segment, one last question for my guest and I. So let me just get into it and provide the context of of why I am asking it. So I was on Twitter. and I, I run across this this popular influencer type of gal, and her name is Eleanor. And Eleanor reads, "Living living in the United States is so mother fucking embarrassing. It's so motherfucking embarrassing." And this is what she said, right? This is what she tweets, and 
Guess how many retweets she got. Was it 86,000? Oh, yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> you cheated. Um, okay. Yes, it was 86,000. It was 85,000. Um, but uh, let me go ahead and play with the listeners for a little bit, okay? All right. Uh, <laughs> 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 that sounded so wrong. Okay. Uh, let me... Uh, no. Um, let me... Uh, let me let me play the game with uh, <laughs> with my listeners, okay? And it's not some sick pedophile shit. All right, so I'm gonna He's give you guys. I'm gonna give everybody a second to guess how many likes that this person got. Okay, I'm gonna give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay. So this tweet ended up getting three hundred thousand ninety three thousand likes. Oh, wait, three three hundred and ninety three thousand <laughs> likes. <laughs> okay. Typical Democrat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> These libs. <laughs> I'm a I'm a libtard. <laughs> okay. Swear um, so this was the context of what I I want to be uh, I I want to ask both of us. Okay, and uh, I'll Mar- I'll give Marley a chance to respond to this first. Okay, ladies first. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, that was very sexist. Okay. Um. All right, so Marley, why are so many people f- uh, feeling embarrassed in this country? Um, why are so many people live- embarrassed to live in this country, and should we feel that way? Um, well, okay, I'll just stop by saying that the world is laughing at us. Yeah. So I think people are embarrassed. And, With a laughing stock. You know, I mean, this has yeah. been the case for all four years, and we yeah. want to distance ourselves from this spectacle. Um, you know, the past few years in this election cycle has been full of disinformation that succeeded in infiltrating. Wait a minute. What's up? I think we need to. Uh, so misinformation is like a deliberate lie from news sources and, and, and other things that uh-huh. you would get. But disinformation is, uh, I guess, a, a very specific use of of, in, of misinformation mm-hmm. in, in trying to cause um, like a government collapse or a coup d'etat. Or as something that will lead to it. Okay, uh, I was kind of okay. I was. I, like I think that's I, that. There's a definition out there for disinformation that's like that. Okay, I uh-huh. was kind of like halfway referencing like the stop the steal. Oh right, it. right. Okay, but like other I'm, things as my, well. My you bad. know, no, yeah. no, no, no. I don't think that encompass encompass everything that I meant. Okay, but there's um, but it's information and also no. I was also talking about QAnon and it's infiltrated mainstream society. Um. I think it's very natural to want to get angry and overly dismissive of these ideas in an attempt to balance out reality or fiction. However, um, I do think that we need to take this seriously. Uh, our own like fear of the unknown has been preyed upon. Historians can tell us how global conspiracies have led to the darkest genocides of world history. Mm. I, however, am... Yeah, that's n- true. I would not say I'm embarrassed to live in this country because I feel very strongly, and I know very strongly that people who are insurrecting the capital people who are wearing you know six million wasn't enough like i know that they do not represent me at all and i've never identified with them and i think that say what you will about them our mainstream media has done a very good job of (laughs) making it known to the world how many people are um critical and and not dismissive critical and rejecting of Mm. what's going on right now what's been happening these past four years so i don't feel like 
it's very patriotic to hold your country accountable i think it's oh it's yeah yeah it's actually i never heard it said that way before but yeah so i'm i'm not embarrassed are I... are you confident enough mm -hmm. to say that you're an american do, do you fully embrace that as your as a part of your identity you know that's an interesting question i will just give a small timeline um for those who don't know i lived in germany for one year and before i left i did not really embrace it so much as you know it might be kind of standard i was just very frustrated with you know a lot of things in this country but when i was in germany it came to the forefront um it was something that i could not hide from and it was just an objective fact that i was an american this is the american she comes from america yeah and you know i kind of felt pride proud of that yeah. and i felt pride because it was just no matter what i felt or did it was ingrained in me it was inherent to me that i was american yeah and i felt pride in that because i felt pride in myself um you know since then i do not i think being back in america surrounded by americans you know like no. that's the thing that we all have in common here i i think i've identified with other things much more strongly than being an american Mm -hmm. I mean, this. I oh, would, of course. I would sound like an idiot if I said I wasn't, you know. Yeah. So I'm not gonna say I'm not American. Yeah. But wait, I, you are? Are you saying that you you wouldn't uh, do? Uh, okay, I'm not gonna go there. Uh, but you, you wouldn't run around with uh, with an American flag cape <laughs> see, that's as kinda, as your cape. That's kind of an interesting thing. I think I kind of distance myself from people <laughs> who are so strongly patriotic, and because. I could be wrong with them, but I feel like when you're so strongly patriotic, that indicates to me that you are willing to turn a blind eye to so much work that we have to do. You leave off a list of like things that have happened in our country's history. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, again, people are angry. People are storming the Capitol for many different reasons. I just... I feel like it would be ignorant to be like, oh, this is America, land of the free, home of the brave, and apple pie. And like, if you don't <laughs> like it, get out, you know? It's get like, out. No, you know, like, I, I, you know, I, I see room for improvement. You know? Yeah, of course. And Everybody I, wants room for improvement. I think, uh, but I think we, we arguably want to steer it in a better direction than what uh, Trump white nationalists are, are arguing for well, sure you know? For. and you know honestly i don't think america was great before 2016 you know i don't no i don't of course not want to you know i we talked about not being afraid to be inflammatory i don't know if america was ever really great i think maybe, what <laughs> i think economically it was doing really well after world war ii and i think that really secured our national identity but outside of that, I don't think we ever were really that great. And oh, I'm so triggered right now. <laughs> you know, and it, it's, it feels almost inflammatory to say that. But um, and I might be just missed as just being like a radical youth, you know, yeah. who just like wants to like hate a radical or radical leftist. But you know what? That's exactly the narrative that Trump has created. Like at the mm -hmm. Republican National Convention, it was just full of people saying like so many people hate her beautiful country and want to destroy it and we love our country and yeah it really is a narrative of like making you feel like you're the enemy like if you don't like what's so wrong with loving your country and just yeah. wanting to protect it from those who just despise there's, it you there's know? nothing wrong with it okay <laughs> you know and 
yeah. lot of the bad things happen that happened in this country they they got it <laughs> they they happened to, to people that had it coming <laughs> yeah so like it's a complex relationship and you know i'll just turn it this way since we've been talking about race a lot today um i talk a lot about black individuals who deny their blackness because mm-hmm. uh, it's rooted in racism they see how america treats black people people who are like unapologetically black they see that they disrespect them they see them as other as different and so many people fall yeah. into this trap of like oh i'm not like other blacks see how well spoken i am and i'm not like those negroes i hate them as much as you do oh my god i think a good example of that you you probably don't know who this is <laughs> Her name is Candace Owens. Oh, I know Candace Owens. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, she's also playing this. She's infuriating. It gets her attention. And you know what? It's great. She, white people love her because they're like, oh, here's this well-educated black woman saying exactly what I've been saying. And she's black. So, you know, she must know. And I'll yeah. just say, I think her and um, who was it? I don't know. I yeah. I, uh, she said some nasty things about um about George Floyd and the autopsy and how you know he didn't Derek Chauvin didn't kill him. And it's like even if that were not the case, it's still not justified for anybody to be kneeling uh, on, yeah. on on your on on somebody's neck for nine <laughs> minutes. Exactly. Let alone an African American gentleman. You see this all over the place, especially with these, ki- like, with this actual lynching that happened over the summer. Those uh, white men. Uh, who- Elijah, I, I don't know if you heard about this, but I Elijah heard about McClain him as well. Like, yeah, that was just a sweet little, like, just a sweet, like, gentle person. But I, I think it's like, um, it was like Muhammad, and I feel bad because I'm probably getting the name wrong, and I'm talking about it, but um. He was like chased down. I'm just bad with names, like in general. Oh no no no! I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, and it's you know but. everyone. I was so mad about this because the footage came out. We had bits of footage. It's a guy that was that was running away from two people. Like yeah, two, he got shot um, down. Two white men in a truck that were yeah. chasing him down and. <laughs> And, like, yeah. the story was pieced together. It was huge news. They finally pieced the story together that he was jogging. He jogged past a house. This house pulled out of the driveway, literally chased him down. He tried mm-hmm. to run the opposite direction. They started shooting at him. Before this all came out, everyone and their mom was like, well, he was in an abandoned house. He was doing this. He was doing that. He had drugs. He was a rapist. And all, I'm just talking about all these other, like, black men who are killed now. These Yeah. What, what, well, the story goes like there was an empty house and he was looking inside to see if yeah, anybody was in know. there. And it turns out there was. And then these uh, these two white men that were chasing him down retaliated and, and shot him down. Yeah, but you know the thing is? Perfection should not be the standard for black people to not get killed. Yeah. Everyone goes on about like, well, you know, he was actually, he did drugs last week. So what now? It's like, what do you mean what now? This, this... That's not, that changes nothing that they got killed, but yeah. I think like people like Candace Owens and Ben Shapiro um are so popular because they take these kind of again these feelings that people yeah. have like they, they can't explain them but they just feel uncomfortable and this is what I talk about. You can have uncomfortable feelings and not like something, but you can unpack it and see what's going on and address it. People have these feelings. They don't unpack them. They just don't like them. And someone like Ben Shapiro, Candace Owens comes along and they very eloquently and concisely put into words these yeah. feelings in a way that sounds smart. And I've, they want to identify with I've that. Got a, I've got a dumb tweet um, yes. from Ben Shapiro, but I 
Yeah, he's such a nerd. Such just a wanna, nerd. I just want to punch embarrassing. him in his jaw. <laughs> It's so um, beautifully squared, chiseled jaw. Okay, this is this is probably going to upset you, but I'm going to read it. Okay. Okay. What happened yesterday? This is January 7th. What happened yesterday was absolutely horrifying and disgusting. See above. See above. The attempt to blame all conservatives or Trump voters for the actions of those who have consistently and overtly condemned is politically motivated, deliberately divisive drivel. There's, there's one more tweet. That's categorical nonsense. Facts don't care about your feelings. I, I just added that in. Over the summer, BLM pro- rioters ran roughshod uh, rough through NYC, D.C., L.A., Chicago, and other major cities. And streets were na- renamed after BLM. Police departments defunded. Corporate brands cheered them. And politicians marched in solidarity. Facts don't care about your feelings. Can you repeat <laughs> that first one again? The first one? The yes. first tweet? Yes. The, the very first one that I read? What happened was absolutely horrifying and disgusting. The attempt to blame all conservatives or Trump voters for the actions of those who have constantly and overtly condemned is politically motivated, deliberately divisive trouble. Yeah. So that reminds me so much of this. I still keep thinking about that six million wasn't enough. Um, That reminds me of that rally where you want to say not all Trump supporters or Trump voters are like this, but you know what? which political party which um yeah. president is drawing out these people these actual nazis you yeah. know um and but, i was keep oh uh, no no go, go ahead well i was just saying like, i keep saying like you know we have a two-party system so you kind of have to choose one side that like best aligns with your views Ew. and like you know one yeah like i mean the proof is there they had proud boys they had actual neo-nazis right there storming the capitol in the name of donald trump yeah and you want to obviously everyone's different so you want to say oh they don't represent me but you know yeah he's deflecting they don't do that for bernie he's deflecting and you know he's not he's ignoring the issue i mean obviously there were a lot of people that were in solidarity with that were in solidarity with blm but Republicans were being extra divisive when it came to that issue. They're saying, "Well, all lives matter, okay?" Like, and, how and look dare at black look people. At, yeah, you know? <laughs> there's nothing wrong with cops. Cops are great. <laughs> I wanted just, to be a cop when I was a child. There's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there's just a few bad apples that's all so they keep reverting back to these arguments but that. one bad apple ruins the bunch it's how the quote literally goes yeah that's literally how it goes yeah it just takes one bad apple yeah or um a cop that's complicit with it by not saying anything at all or yeah. covering up for the other cop i mean there there have been uh, a lot of institutions uh, where you know cops are are traded off to you know other police departments where they can Ooh. they can continue with their careers can i say something that's gonna ruin my future career prospects sure all cops are bastards <gasps> yeah no there were a lot of there i think there were a lot of moments on twitter especially oh, wait, um can we where, cut that out i didn't mean it uh, sure okay cool but I'll, I'll say something um just to kind of stand with you there i there were a lot of moments this year where i wanted to call um you know, I saw videos and I, I saw like the police uh, responding to, you know, peaceful protests. And I, I and especially, you know, with videos of people like police hitting people at the back of their heads with their pistols. And I've been wanting to say uh, this plenty, plenty of times on public record. I've been wanting to call them pigs, like just outright and, and without any filter, just and um, 
and so I think there were a lot of moments where Americans wanted to be blunt and uh, and everybody in the, around, the, around the world that was standing in solidarity with all this yeah. but um and you know cops like their original job like you can even compare the badges they have now to the ones they had in the 1800s their original job was to be slave catchers to return property and you know there's just be a little bit closer to the mic oh yeah sorry um which is basically there's so many inherent racist origins in um the police force that and it's so deeply corrupt that one person or even a few people want to come in there and do good and be a good cop like it's just so deeply ingrained that that's just not how change would yeah happen there yeah people miss uh, that point. i think could you wait could you repeat the last last uh three three sentences of, of what you just said um, to me just because it, it didn't really fully register with me sure it is now almost 1 30 a.m people um <laughs> that a lot like just that the a lot of um oh, i'm forgetting my words uh the corruption and you know injustice that happen in the police force are so deeply ingrained that even if you want to be like one of the one good people to like yeah. change something it's just it's impossible and so that makes people inherently complicit cuz they're just entering a system that that can't be changed from the inside out that's just not how it's going to change mm-hmm. you don't come in and fix things yeah. and that's unfortunate uh-huh. but people when they say like not all cops you know people often think like oh well this guy is a nice guy and he volunteers and he doesn't beat his right. wife like the other 60 percent of <laughs> cops do he actually talks to her and it's like you know that's not even the point the point is the institution you're joining you could be a freaking nazi you know and like love your wife and your kids and like donate clothes you could you be know? pablo escobar and love your wife and kids exactly yeah. <laughs> it's like it's about what you're a part of what you're doing and like the role you're playing in society even if like we've been trained to believe that there are good aspects to it you know yeah, yeah we just we need to address the the corruption and, and the inherent evil. And also, it'd be better for cops, you know, if you, like, split up their responsibilities. If you have, yeah, you know... Like, uh, I'll say this very quickly, but um, the the tagline, defund the police, it mm-hmm. should be rephr- rephrased into uh, re- just reallocate resources into... That's not a good punchline, though. Well, okay... Uh, Actually, that's... I mean, reallocate resources <laughs> to other groups of the cops are less burdened by other. That's what issues. I meant to say. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of driveling on there, but, um, but when when people say defund the t- t- police, they really need to understand that, um, there needs to be better institutions to handle mishaps that happen. So, like, yeah. I mean, there. For example, you, you your like, kid won't go to school. Don't call the cops on him. Yeah. You know, if someone's having a mental <laughs> breakdown in the street or and you're naked, Or if you lose your pet, then don't call the cops. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Like, there's just... They're meant to keep... They can just keep the peace, you yeah. know? It would just make sense if actual trained per- personnel were able to, like, help when a kid won't... Parents call the cops on their kids when they don't go yeah. to school. When someone's having a mental breakdown and just things are happening, they're not really well trained for like a lot of these issues you know it's so sad they have to say in cars sometimes and give autistic people tags that like hey i'm in an accident or something yeah and i'm like resisting or not talking or whatever don't shoot me dead you know i am autistic you know yeah there are plenty of white people that you know that have schizophrenic autistic um story world policy that's not the most politically correct way of saying it but there we need to kind of 
Yeah, that have disabilities in general. Uh, we need better ways of, of handling incidents with them and not getting the cops involved because there there were incidents where I think um, an, an African well an African American male that had uh, some some type of disability was waving around a knife in front of the cops like he was going towards them they told him to stop but he didn't and they shot him down that is uh, it it could have been better redressed but I understand how it went down but they weren't like fully equipped to to ease the situation either yeah because that's a lot because like literally keeping the peace for the entire area for every kind of issue domestic mental violent you know and yeah. it was like what happens when you get shot at and or like someone breaks into your home who you're gonna call it doesn't mean people get so scared because they think that you dial 911 and no one's gonna be on the other line to help you you know yeah. that's not that's just not it and like it makes me sad it makes me frustrated that we have to even like change the title defund the police because you know i said what i said we have said what we said this is exactly what we mean and people have made assumptions about it so now we have to change it to address those assumptions but mm -hmm. like no defunding is exactly what i meant you don't understand all the what's up no no go ahead well it's like yeah you don't understand what i mean when i say defund that i mean reallocate resources but Yes, you know, like, I guess it's just me being really stubborn. Well, what about, so I think there is this uh, new California law that's being proposed mm -hmm. where they're asking people, uh, well, they're, they're requiring um, for people that are, are going to officially work for the police department <laughs> as cops, as officers, to get a bachelor's degree first. Do you, okay. do you agree with that? I don't know if I can really speak on that. Um, I don't think I can either. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> 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 uh yeah uh, i i was gonna bring another point up with uh with ben shapiro but okay the the one thing that i want to highlight with with my response to these goons is that when it's you know people that are literally invading capitol hill they're like oh well we gotta make sure that the democrats aren't being so divisive <laughs> and then when it's and then when it's blm they're like oh all lives matter you know and you guys all lives matter yeah stop yeah. it yeah we have to we have to meet them with brutality we need to be tactical that'll we show them that all lives matter yeah <laughs> yeah we need to put them uh to a stop at all costs and uh and so you have people that from fox and breitbart and all these other right-wing uh news sources that are are kind of putting fuel into the fire in their own ways uh, and, and so that that's kind of what, what I was saying, just with, with the hypocrisy of it all. But at the same time, which is something that I wanted to get with you into you a little bit earlier, but we kind of skipped over it, was that, um, you know, a lot of progressives are, are calling for impeachment. And that's fine. You know, we don't want this guy to do any more damage than, than he's already could potentially do. Um, and and facebook and twitter we both agree that they made the right move into getting him off their platforms um and and for i believe for those uh that are also you know trump trump supporting groups uh trump supporter groups but um but a lot of people i think like aoc nancy pelosi and other representatives that are, are very popular um they have called for impeachment right after january 6th and i'm not sure whether it's motivated by like actually uh getting him out of office or, or doing like opportunist virtue signaling 
I think it's probably a little bit of the la- more of the latter. Um, I think that their official claims right now for these yeah. articles of impeachment are is, is that he did this. He's a loose cannon. He, you know, he could do something with the nuclear codes. Right. I think that both practically and symbolically, it wouldn't really do much right now. Yeah. Um, I think practically, you know, if he got impeached by the time this process started underway, got underway, is Biden would be well into office. Yeah. Um, and I think that symbolically, you know, we have already... Uh, are, are, I think they might be just playing into their own egos. Yeah, well, we've already, like, you know, addressed that the country has addressed that they don't stand with him. And I think most importantly, the the House and the Senate, well, many House, but only six senators are going well, plan to object to the election results now, whereas it yeah. used to be 12. And I think that's very telling insofar as that it was kind of clear that those 12 senators kind of just wanted Trump's votes his his base you know to vote for them in the next election or just to have that kind of platform yeah and it was very clear that they all after the insurrection they all stepped down like half of them stepped down and i think it's so clear that you know clear as day i keep saying that they never actually thought that there was voter fraud yeah because as soon as shit hit the fan they stood back uh-huh. They did not stand their ground. This is not the, this is not the hill that they were willing to die on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you so strongly thought there was voter fraud that you were going to object to the election results, an insurrection. I mean, I guess I guess there are reasons why that would change your mind, but yeah. like it just shows that they really didn't believe it. They just didn't want to be on the wrong side of history. So, um, I think the Senate has spoken. His party does not stand with him. No one is addressing. No one is um claiming him now so you know that's been done yeah nobody's on trump's side i mean people that were extremely loyal to him have you know not stood with him i don't think during this time yeah and i don't think he's gonna do anything else in the next few days i think he's still coming down from this high um yeah like i said i love the example like the metaphor of trump being like the narcissistic toxic ex who just can't accept that the relationship <laughs> is over and they like text you all the time and they drive to your house Tweeting. where you don't like yeah, yeah when they don't like talk to you and stuff and it's just like you know you can get a restraining order and stuff you know <laughs> <laughs> um okay but the reason why i asked you this originally was because um on on january 6th right as it happened um Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, like after the insurrection went down, she uh, she's she tweeted impeach period <laughs> just by itself, and it has two hundred thousand retweets and uh, one point six million likes. So, you know, I, I think what you were saying earlier is that it is very symbolic and just motivated in that way mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay well marley i think we touched on a lot of great points here uh on on raw dogs invisible spectacle thank you for so much you're, you're a great guest and i i hope you can join me again next time or uh, at another point in the future not where everyone's drinking i guess wait what last time you had one where everyone was drinking yo no no no. yeah we can we can do something like that in the future oh, for sure just... all right well marley thank you again for for joining me My and pleasure. uh do you want to have an air air guitar contest? Uh, 
Your turn. <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's the end of the show. Tune in next time uh, to part two. Peace. Peace.